Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast. I'm Rex Nelson, Senior Editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And back again, I guess it's been more than a year since we've had Jay Cheshire from the Little Rock Regional Chamber of Commerce on. And Jay, there is a lot going on in Central Arkansas right now, so I figured I better get you back in. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, and you're right. There's a ton of stuff happening and even more coming. You know, you have been involved for decades in in economic development, and traditionally, you know, we think of economic development as finding jobs, finding jobs, finding jobs. Suddenly, as a state, we find ourselves at 2.6% unemployment, record low since we've started keeping records in Arkansas. And so... You know, we still need we still need good jobs. We need higher paying jobs, but more than anything right now, we need people to fill available jobs, don't we? Absolutely. There's there's a uh, as much of a competition on talent as there is new companies coming in and so it's it's a combination of growing your own while also trying to attract more from from the outside and so we're trying to do both at the moment. Talk a little bit about your talent acquisition program that you have going now. I understand uh, it is it has been a success. You've had a, you've had a lot of people biting so far to use a fishing term. So about a year and a half ago, not quite a year and a half ago, I had a community benefactor approach me about the possibility of doing what uh, Tulsa and and Northwest Arkansas, Richmond, and a handful of others had had been doing in terms of attracting talent to the area. But in most cases with those, it was about work from home, gig work, things of that nature. And uh, we, we did some some national research to see what was being um, what was being successful and why. And as we expected, um, if, if, if you were trying to attract people to a specific position, that's a whole different category and scenario than than offering somebody some money to come and move there and, and work from home or what have you. Mm-hmm. But we felt like that was the most important thing for us to focus on. And so we launched back at the um, uh, in May this new talent attraction campaign where we were focusing on mining social media across the country with people who had an access to Arkansas or something about Arkansas in their profile. They're from here, they went to school here, their grandmother lives here, to begin to to try to market to those folks available positions with our partner companies who thought it was a great idea because a lot of times those mid-level and higher level jobs are hard to fill. Mm-hmm. And so trying mm-hmm. to attract that level of, of, of applicant into this program, which uh, I, I won't go through the entire scenario, but basically we're almost at 700 resumes that have been, uh, that have been uh, submitted to our 49 different partner companies Uh, of those almost 700 resumes, 78 plus percent of them have a bachelor's degree or higher. And so it literally is hitting the, the level of folks that we're trying to find everyone from a banker to a lawyer, to an IT person, to a healthcare person, all of these types of of positions are available here. And so we're excited about what it's done, but more importantly, we're excited about how it's also positioning us across the country as a place to come live, work, and play in in a quality of life that you don't always get somewhere else at a cost of living that's typically below where they are. It it sounds like it is off to a Great start. Now, I want to move back a few years leading into all of this. 
before the pandemic. Amazon is looking for a new headquarters site. Cities across the nation are jumping in, offering this, offering that, running ads in the Wall Street Journal. You come up with the Love Little Rock campaign in which you basically said, look, Amazon, we're not really what you're looking for. We're not big enough. We don't have enough folks, really. We, we don't have what you're looking for for a headquarters. But, you know, you ought to think about Little Rock for something else and the online critics who you and I both know will always criticize, you know, they snickered and said, oh, this is so silly and what a waste of money and all. And then the pandemic hits. And while we're all kind of holed up and Amazon's very quiet about things anyway, as you well know, and they very quietly, I've never seen this major a move happen so quietly, come into central Arkansas, build an enormous distribution center at the Port of Little Rock, another enormous center on the North Little Rock side of the highway. Um, the facility again, in Southwest Little Rock? In Southwest Little Rock at the old jacuzzi plant. Facility now in Maumel? Maumel. I understand, and again, they don't publicize this, but I'm told, and you, you can tell me your best estimate, probably 5,000 or more people that they employ in yeah. central arkansas it, yeah. it's it's an amazing story that um that that created literally a distribution boom and, for and, central and, arkansas and i tell people I, I i said go out there to north little rock take the galloway exit turn left on old highway 70 uh luckily because uh, i love this old lake hills lake is still full of cypress on the right side but on the left side Acre after acre after acre of development as Dollar General comes in, as Lowe's comes in, you really feel like you're in those Memphis suburbs where you see warehouse after warehouse. It, it's amazing to see. And this is the best I can tell, Jane. You can correct me. You're the expert. But what we've seen in logistics and distribution just since the start of the pandemic is the biggest job influx into central Arkansas since the Little Rock Air Force Base was created. I, I would agree. Uh, obviously, our, our biggest uh, industry in, in central Arkansas is is the medical field, and we can talk about that. And um, But I'm talking on, on about kind of a one-time right. over a period of years. In, in terms of, a, in terms created, of yeah. a specific shot in the arm, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you look at the, at the Amazon Love Little Rock campaign, um, and what a lot of people don't realize is the very next week, we began conversations with Amazon about what became the tent city, for those that remember that in oh, North yeah. Little Rock. Oh, yeah. That then led to uh, the Southwest Little Rock facility in the former Jacuzzi building, that then led to the mothership, the 3.8 million square foot facility at the port. 3.8 And then million. led to the 1.2 million square foot facility in Galloway. Well, at the same time, a nice facility in Maumel. So when you add all of that up, uh, over a period of 48 months or so, you're talking about 5 million square feet of new space, number one, mm -hmm. which I don't think has ever happened in, in our history. No. And then number two, well over 5,000 new jobs. In fact, it, it probably gets closer to the 7,500 oh, wow. number. So when you look at all of that um, and you you then see – what that created, it's, it's, it's a lot like furniture stores and car dealerships. No one wants to be an island. They want to, to congregate around each other so that the, the buying public can come there and shop for different brands and this, that, and the other. Same thing 
in the economic development world from a distribution standpoint, as soon as Amazon, of course, they, they don't announce things, mm-hmm. but as soon as that's what I said, they're very quiet. Yeah. As soon as word got out what Amazon was doing, it was like we had this rush of people. We've said for years that we're the next the next best thing outside of Memphis mm-hmm. when you look at rail, when you look at, at, at interstate highways, when you look at river, when you look at air, you put all those things together. We're the next concentric circle outside of Memphis where that type of industry can actually not only come in, but thrive and it be another hub. Mm-hmm. And that's effectively what central Arkansas has become. Yeah. And it, like I said, the amazing thing to me, part of it was because Amazon doesn't publicize things. Part of it was because we were in the middle of the pandemic, but it just seems seemed to happen so quietly. And yet it was such a huge thing in the whole economic history of the city and the region. You know, it's, it's interesting since 2020 alone, We've now had 33 project wins, representing over 9,000 new jobs, over 332 million in new annual payroll, and over $1.5 billion in, in new construction. And so a lot of that is what, what, what caused that to happen now, as opposed to five years ago or 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you can, you can market yourself as something, but until someone really believes it, and then comes in and takes advantage of it that then opens the eyes of the world to yes this this does in fact exist um i i look back um, i think there's going to be precious few times in in at least my tenure here and a lot of people came before me doing wonderful work and will come after me doing wonderful work but you look at the amazon love little rock campaign and what it created and then you also look at what the people of little rock did in 2011 in creating the technology park that then led to us creating the fintech accelerator program that's now internationally renowned as well so there are those cataclysmic type moments Mm -hmm. when when you don't really understand what the value of that is in the midst of it but then you look back a few years from that moment in time and go, wow, look what's happened. Yeah, absolutely. And there is, again, so much happening. I'm going to try to touch on a, a lot of it. Um, we are taping this on the first floor of the Democrat Gazette building at Capitol and Scott. My office, as you know, is on the third floor. As I look out my window, I look over at the building the Little Rock Tech Park is redoing right now. And then the other way in the distance, I see the Boyle building and construction fencing is up around both of those buildings. You know, that that's extremely exciting for me to look out my window and see that all of a sudden. And, and how many years has it been, has it been in Little Rock um, that you've seen that type of activity? And I go back um, again, I'm, I'm I'm getting old and long in the tooth, but but the reality of you and me both. The reality of that type of development is actually spurred by what we did in 2012 mm-hmm. when we started working with the state highway department on the 30 corridor project, completely changing the face of downtown Little Rock and taking away the obstacles of going east and west and then over if we're if we're successful with the deck park. And you look at the, the Museum of Fine Arts, you look at the Boyle Building, you look at the Technology Park, you look at the Symphony, you look at all of these things that are now literally coming back up out of the ground 
even though they were successful before to become even more successful. And in the midst of all of this, we're creating a 24 hour economy in downtown Little Rock, which is why we will continue to grow from a population standpoint. Let me let me touch on some areas. We recently um, had a discussion. Uh, you were kind enough to invite me to moderate a downtown discussion, which filled the Grand Hall of the Clinton Center. But uh, let me touch a little bit because there's so much going on just downtown. And then I want to get into the port and the super side and so forth after that. But to downtown right now, let's start east of the interstate, what they call East Village. The Clinton Center, on the same day that the Boyle Center renovation is announced, announces that it's bringing in Gene Gang, the internationally recognized architect who just did the Museum of Fine Arts, to redo the Clinton Center. They're going to add, they're going to create a Hillary Clinton Center. They're going to add on, I mean, just extremely exciting for one of the state's top generators of tourism dollars to see that kind of investment right next door. And I think you and I talked about this the last time you were on the show because it was new news at the time, but Lyon College still moving forward with the state's first dental school, the state's first veterinary school. In that same neighborhood, uh, we see new breweries now going in, new housing going in. The Wingate Arts Center, which is a multi-million dollar development art space that will house artists and all. I happen to think... You see all that happening at once. That neighborhood, formerly of old abandoned warehouses and scrapyards, is about to be one of the hottest neighborhoods as far as development in this whole region of the country, Jay. And it's it's almost like you were talking about during COVID. You know, we, we, we kind of all went away, and then all of a sudden all this was happening, and nobody really noticed it. Yeah, and it's all happening at once over it's there. It's all yeah. happening right before our very eyes, and there's even more coming. And so, you know, I remember when we'd think anything east of, of, of I-30 as being really not just kind of outside of Little Rock. Yeah. You look at the Burkhalter development down on, on the, river. the river new the marina amazing apartments. work yeah. that that and, and, uh-huh. and the access that that now gives people we don't utilize the river near as well as we as, as we could and that creates new access to the river and then you talk about all these things um and, and just let's go to architecture for a second you brought up the gang uh, and the fact of her work at Studio Gang and their work yeah. at, at the Museum of she Fine Arts. She was recently featured on CBS Sunday Morning, for instance, and we're going to have two of her projects now, within walking distance of each exactly, other. Exactly. Now selected to do the expansion of the Clinton Presidential Center. And, oh, by the way, name me three other pre- presidential centers that have expanded in the last 20 years. Yeah. I'm not real and sure if, you can you can name three. I, I, I can't think of any that have added on like and, this. And yeah. regardless of your politics, the reality is it's history, mm-hmm. and it's another draw for people to come and take a look. And then secondly, architecture now becomes tourism to us because people from around the world come and see where her work is. Yeah. And, and we're going to have two buildings within walking distance. Absolutely. All right. Now, so let's move back over to this side of the interstate uh, as we tape. You talk about the Arkansas Museum of Fine Arts, again, receiving rave reviews internationally. I've, I've looked at publications all over the world that have come in. Uh, it was called the most accessible arts museum in America uh, in one publication, uh, incredible there. And, and I pointed out, uh, when we were doing the downtown session a couple of weeks ago, that if you take 
the roughly $160 million that was raised there. If you take a few years ago, we spent over $70 million on the Robinson Center. If you take back to East Village again, the Symphony, just now breaking ground on a new headquarters there. If you take the art space program that I mentioned in the East Village, just those four things from an arts cultural standpoint, that alone is $250 million in spending on the arts in downtown Little Rock, to me, that's pretty impressive for a city of 200,000 people. It, it really is. And, and you, you look at, you know, it, it does take a village, speaking of, of, of a village. Yeah. But you look at what, what Harriet and Warren Stevens started with spearheading the Museum of Fine Arts um, and, and obviously bringing in other investors, public and private, by the way, that have been a part of all of that process. And I, if you've not had an opportunity, because a lot of this stuff is free. If you've not had an opportunity to be a part of the Museum of Fine Arts weekly email news, mm -hmm. there are countless opportunities every week for people to do things that they won't necessarily think of from an art center perspective that is truly amazing. And you add the the, the other arts act activities to that, both visual, performing, and otherwise, this, this literally is becoming a hotbed of culture that people from around the country will come and enjoy as opposed to just people from around a region. We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast, but first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning, along with the latest news and updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited-time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. All right, I told you I was going to break it down. Let's move quickly to Main Street, uh, Main and Capitol, a half block from where we are right now. Uh, probably the most famous intersection in the state's history as far as the was long the business center of the state's capital city. Now we're going to see $35 million spent on the Boyle Building there. But you take Main now all the way from the convention center all the way down to uh, Broadway with all that's going on in Soma on South Main too. And uh, you're about to have a, a really booming street, aren't you? That that whole length, not just part of it. Right. But again, all the way from the convention center to Broadway. And diverse. Yeah. So it, it's it's not all of the eggs in one type of basket scenario. It's it's a very diverse mix of, of entertainment, business, restaurants, uh, all, all different types of residential, all different types of opportunities. And I, I think 
as we were talking last week in the event that you, you just mentioned a few minutes ago, I think what we have to look at is what does this canvas now give us an opportunity to do maybe differently than we've done in the past, do the things that it was built for really well, mm -hmm. but what we, what can we do to be additive to that using space that's, that maybe won't be used for its intended original purpose and create ways for people to come and engage both from a day perspective and a night perspective. But again, I go back to that 24 hour scenario. That's when you really change the face of an economy. And you think about, you think about the people in, in cities all over America, and I use Boston as an example with what, what the big dig, creating the walkability, the parks, the green space, that's happening right before our very, it's hard to see at the moment because of all the construction, but that's happening right now before our very eyes. And a downtown Little Rock and North Little Rock, because they, they, they both feed off each other, truly will become a place that people not only want to come and work in, but want to come and live in. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, again, in our neighborhood here from where we're taping, just around the corner, you've got one block of Main Street with Big Bad Breakfast adding another location there. Seven restaurants on one block where you will now be able to get breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all three on that block, which you and I can remember a decade ago is all, or not not much more than that, where the whole block was pretty much empty. Absolutely. I was thinking now, to myself. seven my, restaurants on one block. And I was thinking to myself, when's the last time you could say in that, in that particular area that you could get breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Mm -hmm. And I think you may have to go back to the 60s. I, I think you probably would. It truly is. First of all, it's iconic. And, and as we look at, we were talking about this the other day, as we look at the redevelopment of that area, the canopy, the, the, the trees, the things of that nature, we always have to keep that iconic picture looking back down Capitol mm -hmm. to, to the Capitol Dome so that we can always keep that as kind of that North Star, so to speak, of the area in terms of, of how we continue to redevelop it but redevelop it so that it's a place that people want to come to, enjoy, uh, and, and be a part of, as opposed to a place that people drive through. All right. So you mentioned capital. So that's my next stop. As we look west toward the state capital, a lot of empty space, empty buildings, a lot of surface parking lots that are quite ugly. I know where people like me see empty buildings and surface parking lots, people like you see opportunity. And there, I think there's a lot of opportunity along East Capitol right. right now as we move from East to West to the state capitol. You know, one of the things that uh, these most recent announcements has spurred is, is the opportunity to gather people together that are engaged in this work on a daily basis. And so uh, we're actually in the process of visiting with uh, all of our our primary commercial real estate executives, um, people who not only have significant experience here, but in many cases are investing in some of the fastest growing markets across the United States. So they have an, a, an, an eye for things that are happening in other places that maybe haven't had a chance to begin to happen here only because there hasn't been enough momentum. Well, now we're, we have that momentum going uh, in, in our own positive momentum direction. That's too many momentums in one sentence. But the reality is, 
if you pull these people together, I believe, and they believe, that each can learn and feed off of each other and then figure out what's a bigger what's a bigger strategy other than this building or this specific mm-hmm. address, this parking lot? How can we look at a strategy that they can all be a part of creating and benefit from while at the same time we all benefit from? And so that's that's one of the reasons why I'm so excited today about where we are because I see what's getting ready to happen because of work that's been done over the last five to 10 years Mm -hmm. and what that's going to look like. And then what has just recently been announced and how that's going to impact this specific locale. And then what can be from that. And as I, as I talk to my counterparts across the country, everybody's worried about, well, how do we turn this office space into, into residential, into residential. Land. And yeah. the reality is some of that needs to take place. Don't get me wrong. That, that, that certainly is mm-hmm. an opportunity, but that's not the only opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's not the only way that we're going to see our way forward. You talk about the art space yeah, and what will be created based upon what's already being created that then literally that, you know, I talk about the, the, the pebble in the pond, mm-hmm. those concentric circles getting bigger and bigger and bigger to where this may be the hub, but it's going to impact all of central Arkansas and in my opinion, all of Arkansas. Let's get back now. Cause you touched on the parks, the 30 crossing project, taking out the old, on and off ramps have created between 15, 17 acres of green space. They're just a marvelous public space. I talked about in the event how I, I went down there and walked around in the weeds uh, to kind of get a feel for it. And it's just a marvelous space. At the same time that you got a grant, I attended the announcement several months ago at your headquarters of $2 million for planning a possible bridge park over Interstate 30. If you do both of those, you're going to have a pretty, pretty neat downtown, aren't you, as far as green space mingled into all of the other developments we're talking about? So you can go and stand uh, either at the Clinton Presidential Center looking back to the west or go west of of the current I-30 overpass Mm -hmm. and look east. Two years ago, you couldn't stand there and see anything. Because all you saw were, 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 was concrete or dirt embankment. Yeah. Now, all of that's opened up, and it's opened up from the river north, or excuse me, south, to about 6th Street. And so now ingress-egress from a pedestrian standpoint is, is something that we have access to that we didn't have ever before the, the 30 was, was originally built, I-30 was originally built. And then you take on top of that, one of the things that we said in the I-30 corridor project was we wanted to increase access and do away with the obstacles. And Mm -hmm. we told the Hangar Hill neighborhood that we would do everything within our power to do what it took to to give them more access. Mm -hmm. Hangar Hill, in my opinion, is the next East End. Oh, from the East Village. From the The houses being built. Um, It's amazing. And and so if if we're successful with this deck park between 6th and 9th Street, not only do you have the ability to go underneath this 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 highway, you'll also have the ability to go over it mm-hmm. in places and all of it be park land programmed for people to come and enjoy again 
unlike anything that's ever existed in Arkansas. And, and the effects it'll have. I, I told someone on the day you made the announcements, I said, suddenly uh, you look on either side of the interstate, the Holiday Inn and the Comfort Suites on either side are going to have some of the best rooms in the state <laughs> because rather than looking down on an interstate, you're going to be looking down on a, on park, a park now. Yeah. It, you know, it reminds me a lot of our friends in Oakline, you know, when they when they built the hotel where you could actually see the, you know, it, it's going right. to be similar. You, it you is. actually have a view. You'll be that two you'll of the best enjoy. hotels in the right. state now as right. far as the view is concerned. Uh, it, it, the, the chances of that are, are just amazing to think about. So, a lot going on. Uh, we mentioned distribution. We mentioned logistics. We came downtown. We mentioned all that is going on downtown. We talked the last time you were with me about the development of the super site, the moving of the VOR so you could open up a thousand acres, and uh, now we are now we are getting closer uh, to that day coming. We're getting. Closer at a time when uh, electronic uh, vehicle plants are opening up, when battery plants are opening up. And Jay, you've got to look at the statewide perspective now and see to your northeast in Mississippi County, you're going to have the largest steel manufacturing county in America. To the southwest, You've got a coming lithium boom, and I really do believe it's coming now. I'm a, I'm a believer. I've written a lot about it lately. You're right in the middle of those uh, two, and uh, it seems to me uh, a really a potentially sweet spot for, again, battery manufacturing, vehicle manufacturing, whatever, when you when you look at what's going on in other parts of the state even. Yeah, I, and I'll, I'll first start with the, the super site piece to give you an update on that. As, as, as your listeners know, we quietly began working on this, um, on the VOR cone moving from its... Uh, Which is a navigation aid it, for airplanes. Right, for the FAA, uh, and yeah. it's, it's currently uh, located just south of the port, um, and you can't build... Within, in, in terms of any significant height, you can't build within effectively a mile of it um, because of, of the, in, in the interference that it would have with the navigation. And of course, we don't want to do that. Um, so it took us a long time to get the FAA to approve uh, us being able to pay to have it move. And the good news is that that timing is about done. Um, we expect to have the construction of the new VOR cone north of the river completed in May or just before May of next year. Right. And assuming our timing works out right, which there's no reason why it shouldn't, then they expect they're going to turn the old VOR cone off in September and then start obviously utilizing the new one north of the river, which then allows us to truly uh, go significantly forward faster on, on the super site. I put all that in perspective because it takes hundreds of thousands of dollars of just testing mm -hmm. to get a site shovel ready when you're talking about a thousand acres. Um, in the last four years alone, between um, federal, between EDA, obviously federal, DRA that's federal as well, a significant amount of city funding, some county funding as well, and some state funding, we have either raised and invested already or in the process of investing over $65 million wow. in getting infrastructure 
to this thousand acre site and completing the actual the actual purchase of all the property. We're in the mm-hmm. final stages of the last couple of hundred acres now. And so it's to the point where we are now getting some interest from folks knowing that we can't we, we, we can't do much of anything in terms of building until September of from next, now, right? but we're getting closer. But yeah. we're getting closer. Yeah. And to your point about what's going on to the north and what's going on to the south, we also believe that puts us in a in a in a, in a very sweet spot mm-hmm. when it comes to going back to our conversational distribution with the manufacturing of some of these things being right in the middle mm-hmm. of where the the primary raw resources are being created as well. Yeah. And so um, I, in fact, I was I was talking to Jack Thomas, our vice president for economic development, who does a phenomenal job for us all around the region today, our top 10 most active prospects, because I got asked last week, well, what does the pipeline look like? Just the top 10 active prospects, and we have way more than 10, mm-hmm. uh, that would equal over 7,300 jobs, over 52 million in new annual payroll, and $8.5 billion wow. in investment. Wow! Just the most active top 10 projects we're working right now. So. All of this is changing. All of this is changing for the good. We talked about talent. We recently, you know, to be competitive in this marketplace, you have to have the people that are capable of doing whatever that work might be. We just finished a zip code study with 31 companies located at the port and the airport to determine how far their people were coming from. And it even surprised us. We knew that it it was obviously a regional draw. But that zip code study showed us that there are currently people the 6,800 employees coming from 48 different counties every day mm, to work here. That's incredible. Now, that's, that's 48 a, of our 75 48 counties. 48 counties, people are driving from every day to come to work here. That's the good news. We have a regional workforce. We also have to give people a reason to want to live here. Mm hmm. And when I say live here, live in the core of the region. It's not just Little Rock. It's the core of the region as well. But when you look at uh, people are, are, are driving well over 60 miles one way for a job that pays. In fact, the average wage of these people that, that were surveyed is $55,619 a year. So good jobs, good pay good benefits, people will, will, will drive for those. So how do we continue to fill out from the, from, from the core going out? How do, we begin, how do we continue to fill out the population that creates even more talent closer here as well, while at the same time offering people from literally over half the state an opportunity to work? As we wrap up, and I knew our time would go fast, but it does seem like people are noticing. I, I noticed that the uh, those of you at the chamber were just publicizing on social media that livability has just ranked Little Rock as one of the top places to live in the South. That comes right on the heels, Jay, of the Little Rock metro area being ranked by Forbes as one of the top 10 places in the country for young professionals. Amen. And that's, you know, it it, it, it doesn't happen overnight, and, and the bad things don't happen overnight. Um, you know, I, I, I get asked a lot about uh, public education, and you look at what we're doing with the academies of Central Arkansas all yeah, around. Pulaski I knew we were going to have to do another show. Yeah, Unbelievable! Yeah. And then you look at what our new our, our new police chief, Chief Helton, is doing with the Real Time Crime Center, having a significant impact. Now, are we there yet? Nope. Uh, 
I don't know that we ever get there, but we're certainly headed in the right direction. Jay Cheshire, thank you. Thanks, Rex. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.